This is LaQuest, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Look West. My name is Pablo Espinosa, and we're joined uh, for this episode, focus on veterans' issues and resources with uh, none better than the Assembly Veterans Committee Chair, Assembly Member Jackie Irwin. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. Really my pleasure to uh, be here today with you, and uh, this is one of my favorite subjects. I have been the chair of the uh, Assembly Veterans Committee for the last uh, seven years, and probably one of the longest serving in a very long time. And that's really allowed us to dig deep into the issues that veterans in California are facing. And before we go into the issues, tell me why, you know, it, it is one of your favorite roles to be the chair of the Assembly Veterans Committee. Do you have a connection with veterans? Well, um, I think we all have a connection with veterans. Uh, my my dad actually served for, in Holland, everybody is required to serve for two years, so he served in Canada. But really the bigger picture is uh, we have a military base here in Ventura County, uh, Naval Base Ventura County, and, and a lot of veteran, uh, uh, a lot of service members that, that uh, end up staying here after they retire. And I think it's critically important that um, people who have served uh, get the benefits that they need. So you've been serving uh, veterans and serving them as a chair of the Assembly Veterans Committee for a very long time, as you mentioned. Is there any particular story that comes to mind that is sort of an illustration of what makes you really proud of the opportunity that you have to help people in in your role? Um, We have, I have a, a, a veteran, James Espinoza, who came to me when his brother committed suicide. His brother had served in, uh, had graduated from West Point, very successful. Three years ago, he put a gun to his head. So James came and and was very interested in making sure that when people purchased guns, that the suicide prevention hotline was there in the gun shops. We worked with him, and that bill was signed by the governor. And a year ago, he showed me the picture of the suicide prevention hotline number in a gun shop that he, he went to. So I, I, I feel like it's just better to listen than it is to, um, to presume that you know what's, um, what people that, who have served are going through. It's, um, we did not go to, you know, we haven't been to Iraq, we haven't been to Afghanistan, so we don't know what that was like, but we also don't know, you know, I, I've talked to people that have been in the service for 20 years and never were deployed and the guilt that they feel with that. And there is even a higher suicide rate among that group. And so uh, I, I just, I think with, with this, it's just important to listen and not presume that you know anything. California is home, as I understand it, to the largest number of veterans in the country, right? It's about roughly 1.5 million. We do have a very large number of veterans that are um, that are in California. And, um, you know, I, I think one of the, the things that we that's most important, especially for veterans that are returning and staying here in California, is to make sure that they get uh, the education that they need. And we've spent a lot of time on um, on how do you make sure that they do that they get the most for their uh, benefits, that they are getting the type of training they need to assimilate back into the workforce. 
And um, I think the the second issue that uh, we've really been looking at, I just spoke to a veteran yesterday, is how do you make sure that you identify those veterans that served elsewhere and come back to California and get them connected to um, services that um, they are entitled to? And that's a huge task because it's, I believe it's 30,000 veterans that are expected to separate from service and return to California for the next 10 years. Yes, it's, it's uh, absolutely a, a large task and it's not that seamless right now. So, um, you know, we really need to do better identifying those people that, um, that are coming to California. And the same thing with people that are separating from California, connect them to uh, the people they need to be connected to when they return to their states. And, you know, the, the state and, you know, has done a, a pretty good job in finding uh, financing opportunities for, for veterans as a whole to become homeowners. But much like the rest of the state, homelessness is, is a major crisis. And of course, veterans are not the exception. Uh, and it was a problem before the pandemic started, and it has been made worse. Where are we when it comes to the reality of, unfortunate reality of so many homeless veterans in California? Well, first, I want to say uh, a couple of things. Uh, we were very happy with uh, the money in this year's budget uh, that for veterans. And um, there was uh, $25 million in supportive services for, for formerly homeless vets. Uh, there was money for the uh, uh, West LA Medical Center housing for homeless vets and an additional um, $5.4 million for the county veteran service officers. And that brings the amount that um, the state is funding um, CVSOs to $11 million. And just, just you know, the, the benefit of, of the, the budget we had this year is that the first time these CVSOs are um, funded to their maximum level. And, and why is that important? Because um, they are connecting, again, the veterans to the services, to the housing, um, housing that they need. So there has been a um, very large focus on um, uh, homeless uh, veterans, for I would say, for at least the last decade. And the good news is, even though we see the number of homeless uh, folks in California really exploding, the one group that we've really started to see some um, significant progress in is um, homeless veterans. And I think there's you know, the, the, the feds have invested money and the state has invested money and then that's made a, a big difference. So one of the, 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 you know, real important things to me is that we reallocate the VHHP bond program. And that's a program that has done wonders for homeless uh, veterans. It, the, the voters first approved Prop 12 in 2008, and then the program was reauthorized. I think it was uh, 2017. And what that did is it allowed funding to make sure that uh, veterans uh, were housed and that they had wraparound services. What exactly, and we talked about this, you talked about it, wraparound services. What, is, what does that mean? What does it entail? Uh, well, wrap, wraparound services, in my mind, is anything that helps keep the veteran housed. Uh, it could include things like uh, helping people find employment, uh, mental health services, uh, substance abuse services, and even things like uh, making sure that people can be connected to uh, medical, uh, dental, and eye uh, services. So 
anything that can allow veterans to move back into society and to um, stay housed. And I really want to explore that conversation about the VHHP, which is the Veterans Housing and Homeless Prevention uh, Program, uh, uh, a little bit more. Uh, you know, you said that California has done, you know, fairly well in providing uh, assistance to homeless veterans. What, what has been working? And then we can talk about some other stuff related to the VHHP. Well, the VHHP has, you know, that's one of the big programs that has been working. Um, that okay. program has been around since um, 2008. And, and uh, across the U.S., I have to say that there has been a focus on, um, on veteran homelessness. It's been, there's been a, a, a long, slow decline in California um, in the number of um, homeless that are veterans. And I think it's because uh, there's been a, you know, people uh, come to the realization that we have not done the right thing for our veterans. If somebody raises their hand to um, serve our country, uh, they really should be top priority to make sure that they get what they need. And that's especially um, looking at housing and wraparound services. Now, you know, obviously not all veterans need those type of services, but, um, but it is crucially important that we focus on veterans. And, and like I said, we really have been. So we can't stop the progress right now by uh, not funding um, a VHHP again. As a matter of fact, you wanted to legislatively, you know, uh, have a vehicle to extend uh, the funding for, the, for that original bond. Uh, and you wanted to increase it by 600 million, at least that would have been uh, at the heart of uh, uh, the, the VHHP bond uh, that would have been put to voters uh, in the coming June election of 2022. Uh, give us an update on that. Well, right now it is uh, the bond is being held in appropriation. So, um, you know, I think there's a perception that um, because there is some money in the in the fund that it doesn't have to be reauthorized yet. And, and that's really problematic because there is a long runway that's required to develop these um, to develop these projects. So uh, this is something that we really want to put on next year's ballot and uh, you know, there is some idea that it might be included as part of a larger homeless um, bond, but veterans are unique, and it is. Um, I, I think it's it's better to look at them um, separately. There is uh, not only the the uh, VHHP money that can help build home, um, housing, but there is also additional federal money that comes with veterans that help support um, support them um, long term. When I'm talking about wraparound services that they need, so it's a it's it's a unique group to um, focus on, and um, it's if we look at how we serve them, it could be a model of um, how we deal with the larger homeless problem that's facing California. How much more time? How much more time do we have? How long can we go? with whatever is left over from that original bond? We will run out if we don't get it on the ballot by um, next year, unless you have a, uh, a general fund allocation. When you have such a uh, surplus of funds, there is certainly the possibility that you um, that you put money directly into this program. But uh, we have, it's a few years at best, and that's why it really needs to be done in um, next year's general election. 
based on your experience and your long tenure as chair, you know, what are some of the things that perhaps are little hidden secrets? I don't know if that's a good way of, of describing them, but perhaps do a great deal of good and sometimes people don't apply for them. Is there, is there such a thing? Yeah, I, you know, this goes back to um, uh, the CVSOs. When you um, look at the amount of money that they bring into local communities, you think, you know, one person at a time, it's it's not that much. But when the state funded, um, uh, gave additional Monday, uh, funding to these CVSOs, they brought back ha an additional half a billion dollars in federal funding. And so, um, you know, there's obviously a lot of veterans that are not applying for the benefits that they are entitled to. And so um, I think it's important, uh, and we saw that a few years ago, to make sure that uh, when there is a, uh, you know, a few years ago, there was a big uh, backlog of claims at the federal VA and the California legislature provided the funding and it wiped out that backlog. So it is really uh, important that veterans realize that those type of benefits are available to them. So thank you again for listening to Look West, a podcast by the Assembly Democrats. We've been having a conversation with Assemblymember Jackie Perwin, the chair of the Assembly Veterans Committee, uh, focused a lot of it in, you know, on housing and the homelessness issue, in particular dealing with veterans. And now we're lucky enough to be joined by Keith Boylan, uh, Deputy uh, director for CalVet, uh, representing the Governor Gavin Newsom's administration, and of course, uh, Steve Peck, uh, President and CEO of U.S. Vets, one of the largest veterans organizations uh, around the country. Thank you both for making the time. Great. Thank you for having us. Pleasure. So uh, both of you guys uh, are veterans. Uh, Keith, you served in, 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 US, in the U.S. Army for a few years with deployments, several deployments to Iraq, and uh, Steve, you served in, in, in Vietnam, and uh, you have been working on homeless veteran issues since 1991. So no, let's start with you, Steve. Tell us a little bit about your past as a, as a, as a member of the armed forces and, and what you do now. Uh, so I went to the, um, uh, into the Marine Corps, uh, the, actually the day I graduated from uh, Northwestern in 1968. Um, I'd been drafted, uh, decided to join the platoon leaders class program. So I'd go in as an officer and uh, a little more than a year later, I was in Vietnam and spent a little under a year there. Uh, certainly had an impact on me. Uh, I came back and became a documentary filmmaker. Uh, but after a number of years began to get interested in the homeless issue, which was significant at that time, much worse then than it is now. Uh, we've had a real positive impact. Um, and became an advocate, uh, did a couple of films about homeless veterans, uh, about the combat experience. And in 1993, I decided to switch careers uh, and started as a social worker at the West LA VA uh, doing outreach for homeless, street outreach for homeless veterans. So uh, that really educated me uh, on, uh, on, on the needs of the veterans, uh, their hopes, their dreams, and uh, really has informed everything that I've done uh, since. And Keith, um, tell us a little bit about your military service. Sure. Um, I, I joined the Army, uh, and I unfortunately wasn't drafted for some reason. I, I decided to go on my own. Still, still, you know, second-guessing that decision. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I served in the military um, some time ago. Um, like you said, I went to Iraq. Um, 
got out of the military, started going to school, and then went back to Iraq a few more times um, as a civilian working with some non-governmental organizations around the sanctions in Iraq and various things related to depleted uranium exposures and Gulf War illnesses and a variety of other variety of other issues that were plaguing Gulf War veterans at the time. And then at the time, I uh, met uh, a gentleman named Michael Blecker, who is um, a longtime friend of, of Steve's. And I've been fortunate to know Steve just as long, pretty much, um, at a sister agency in Swords to Plowshares in San Francisco. At that point, I started doing um, advocacy specifically around Gulf War illness, but then obviously got well-versed at that point um, about the, the, the struggles of some prior eras. And then um, just really entrenched myself in all things veteran and veteran services related. I worked in the legal department at Swords to Plowshares. And then fortunately, um, when Governor Brown came on, I was fortunate enough to um, be appointed to the position I'm in now. And then subsequently um, appointed by Governor Newsom to continue the effort. So um, yeah, really have uh, been, been involved in the veteran space for, for quite some time. And let's jump right into it. So California in, is home to 1.8 million veterans, and that number increases every year. We're in the next 10 years by about 30,000 of folks that are coming back home. And much like the rest of the community, homelessness is a problem. Steve, how, what, what's the reality on the ground? I mean, Los Angeles is home to one out of 10 homeless veterans. That's, a, that's pretty huge. Yeah, we've... Over the last uh, really 28 years that I've been in this business, we've reduced that the number actually from 24,000 when I first started in um, uh, in the 90s. So we've we've got that down to 4,000, but it's a stubborn 4,000. We've been at about that level for several years now. So it's obvious to me that we have to do something different. Uh, obviously, there's a, a need for more permanent supportive housing. And California really uh, stepped up uh, with the uh, VHHP program, um, Veterans Housing and Homeless Prevention Program, uh, uh, designating 600 million for the construction of veteran housing. And we've built uh, and or started thousands of units with that funding. Uh, there's more mental health uh, needed, uh, more mental health counseling needed, there's more employment uh, uh, assistance needed. So we've done an awful lot, but I think we have to rededicate ourselves and really reevaluate the uh, funding that uh, needs to be spent in order to reduce this number even further. And Keith, what is working? And as Steve says, you know, much more needs to be done. Would you A, agree with that premise? And, you know, what is working what, and what else are we working on to make it even better? Yeah, I mean, historically, veterans have unfortunately always been part of overrepresented within the homeless population. And in California, that's really exacerbated. I mean, as Steve pointed out, it's not just Los Angeles, it's the state as a whole. Um, you know, 10% of the veterans in the country live in California, but about 30% of the homeless veterans are represented in California, nationwide are represented in California, a little higher than that, actually. You know, there's a lot of factors for that, many factors, some cost of living throughout the state, as we all know, that's that, that, that could be a tough nut to crack for, for everyone, including veterans. Um, so fortunately, as Steve said, um, the administration has stepped up significantly. Um, years back, we were approved uh, to do the Veteran Housing and Homeless Prevention Program, which was under Prop 41, which was basically taking 600 million out of our farm and home loan program of bond money and repurposing it, or it was for the purchase of, of homes or farms um, and repurposing it for the development of really the a housing continuum. 
um, focused primarily on permanent supportive housing, but also there is some emergent, some transitional and some affordable housing efforts uh, represented in that. Um, and that's that's going gangbusters. We've put out five NOPAs so far um, and granted about 75 different programs that are in some level uh, either breaking ground um, in construction or have already opened. Um, ideally, when that's all done, that's going to lead to about 5,000 units of uh, permanent supportive housing for veterans in the state. Um, we're round six NOFA. We're just getting uh, ready to announce the recipients of that. We'll have about 125 million going out this round. So that, that's been really significant. Um, additionally, um, in Steve's backyard there, the administration really, really jumped in and is supporting the West LA development that's, that, that Steve and, and his team um, head up down there and that the development of that campus for the purpose of um, building a veterans community there. And both you, Keith, and, and Steve have talked about the VHHP, you know, as you will mention, uh, it's the Veterans Housing and Homeless Prevention. And uh, started a while back initiative and, you know, former Speaker Perez had a hand in it as well. But now the idea is that uh, assembly member was telling us that uh, the funding is uh, running out. So we have about two to three years and she used uh, the term that is a, there's a long runway as experts know to get things in place, to get implemented, to get the money from A to Z and to the hands of the people that need it, right? Would you guys agree with the premise that, you know, the money is kind of drying up and that there's more money needed, uh, Steve? Uh, oh, absolutely, there's more money needed. So we're we're beginning to address that. And I know Assemblywoman uh, Irwin um, uh, introduced a bill uh, uh, that uh, uh, to help us uh, create another bond, another $600 million bond. Uh, and we're going to need it. We are this. Yeah, you're right. In a couple of years, this money will be used up, and we still have uh, about fifteen thousand homeless veterans in the state of California. And well, Keith, go ahead. I think it's important to remember. I mean, when you talk about running out of time, it is. It's a. It's a big problem. It needs a big solution, um, and it it is going to take some time, especially to do it right. I mean. You, you, you could put up buildings and you could warehouse folks. Um, but I think what, what I think is really impressive and, and which what's really impressed about the VHHP program and just a lot of the efforts of our administration and what's taking place in certainly in Steve's world in the West LA project. First of all, he's building the community, which is, that's just not a building where you put a few folks. These are gonna be, this is gonna be a community. This is gonna be several, several, several buildings um, with, but most importantly, to come with wraparound services that have supportive services on site that help develop that community, but also help really address a lot of the issues and barriers that the residents there um, that perhaps led to their homelessness. And, and also it's gonna stably house them because you know stable housing, housing someone is very different than, than making sure they're stably housed um, for a long time. Um, before I let you guys go, uh, somebody, you know, in a couple of times during our conversation, my, my instinct was to say, you know, thank you and, you know, Oftentimes, we all do, people that have not served, say, thank you for your service. And somebody was telling me uh, that as prevalent as that is, that sometimes that is not the best thing, you know, and it never occurred to me. And somebody was also telling me that that is true. And I have two veterans here. Uh, what, what is it? Is, is, is that the best thing that we can say to thank you for the work or to bring you on board as, as a respected and loved member of our society? 
It is certainly welcome. Uh, it, it doesn't begin to uh, address the complexity of our experience. Uh, I don't you know that they say, well, if, you, if you're a veteran, you're a hero. I don't consider myself a hero. I, I did my duty, uh, went to Vietnam, served, and uh, came back. And uh, that, that experience led me to where I am now. So I, I think it, it is fine. Uh, to, if you ask a veteran, well, gee, what was that like? Uh, be ready to sit down for half an hour. So um, uh, I think it is. I think it's fine. And and a lot of us don't want to get into it. I I don't much like to talk about my Vietnam experience. And there are a number of veterans who are the same. I think. Yeah. To Steve's point, I would say just like any population, um, you know, if you have 1.8 million veterans, then you have 1.8 million opinions on your question. Um, I think that something really may might shed some light on this is when you look at the healthcare profession right now and what they've been through with COVID and the amount of what's been asked of them and the amount of what they've given and in really put in harm's way. Um, for me, I found myself really connecting with, I, I, I heard a nurse being interviewed and she was very blunt about the fact she didn't want to be called a hero. She didn't want to be called a warrior. She didn't want to be thanked for her service because what that meant to her was that people were still comfortable, what her reality was that people were still comfortable sending her back into a uh, medical facility and perhaps um, in harm's way, obviously, and really, really had, had, had put in a lot, of, a lot of time and has been stretched in, in every way possible um, and felt that it didn't quite encompass her reality. And, and she felt that it was a it was it was a way of minimizing or actually looking past the risk that she is going into every day um, with not necessarily addressing the risk she went in every day and in understanding the risk that she put herself and her fellow healthcare workers in every day. So to me, that resonated. So because I think it's it, it sheds some more light because it's to be honest, this has been a weird thing for veterans because they've been the only ones in this situation. But there's plenty of folks in our communities doing all sorts of jobs that have a shared experience that's, that you could say is analogous to what veterans experience. And, um, you know, people do what they do and, you know, and they all have different feelings about, about what they did and, and how that affected them. So it, it's a really, it's a really, you know, there's, there's, there's a, there's a PhD out there for somebody who wants to go down that rabbit hole. But um, I, I would, I would leave it at that. But I mean, when personally, when 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 someone says that to me, um, I, I sometimes are more comfortable than others with, you know, it, my 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 response varies dramatically at times. So oftentimes it's thank you. Oftentimes it's you're welcome. Uh, sometimes it might be nothing. I, I don't know. It's just it's a it's an awkward situation to say the least. But I think where it comes from with folks is um, a good place. So. I think all veterans try to focus on that aspect of it, regardless of the back end of, of how that might make them feel. Uh, we've been having a conversation in Luke West with Keith Boylan, Deputy Director of CalVet on the Governor uh, Gavin Newsom's administration, and with uh, Steve Peck, President and CEO of US Vets, one of the largest veteran organizations around the country. We'll go back to Assemblymember Jackie Irwin and continue our conversation. How does it make you feel? Because sometimes legislatively, whether it is the members or staff, we, we are bogged down in policy and, and, and those legislative issues. Um, but 
to, to find out that there's 2,625 housing units representing even more, if you count the, the other family members, that all your work and that of others around you uh, is making that a reality. How, how does that feel? Oh, I, I think it, it feels great and it should make every Californian feel great every time they take one vet off the street. Because like I said, um, when we look at the, the, the people that have um, served and fought for our country, they really need to be the ones that we prioritize, making sure that they don't end up in the street. It is, um, it is, it, we should all feel appalled when we see a homeless vet because we have failed them. And finally, for those folks that want to find out more about services that are available to them, what's the best path? Uh, I think the, the, the two paths that we see that have are most beneficial is to call your county uh, veteran service officer and, and you can just look on the county website. Uh, there, are, um, there, there should be all sorts of information on uh, them. But the other way that a lot of people are um, able to find out about the services is through schools. So we've seen a lot of the um, community colleges, Cal States, as a matter of fact, every school in Ventura County has a, a veteran center, and those veteran centers are very equipped to um, to um, provide uh, information about the services that are available to the students. So um, I would say those are really the two um, best paths to um, quickly find out what you're entitled to. So any final words, Assembly Member? Uh, we have done a lot in the last year because of our budget surplus for veterans in California, but we know there is a lot more work to be done and we need to continue to focus on the issues that are important to veterans, whether it is homelessness or mental health services or making sure that they get the education they're entitled to. And I am going to keep working on those important issues. And that was Assemblymember Jackie Irwin, Chair of the Assembly Veterans Committee. We've had a very nice conversation about all the different services that California, uh, California offers. And we've been joined also and want to thank him, uh, Keith Boylan, Deputy Director of CalVet, uh, representing Governor Newsom's administration. And of course, Steve Peck. He is the CEO of US Vets, one of the largest uh, veteran organizations around the country. Thank you all for your time. The Look West podcast is produced by the California Assembly Democrats. When you think of Californian politics, remember to look west.